but as far as being a good representation of the medium good god that is pretentious uh we should name this segment guys smell their own farts about the (laughs) thoughts on video games good lord nice i just blew out my speaker with that i can see it yeah there was some clipping going on when you were doing it the last time hold on i'll do it quieter this time okay uh yeah nice mid-range on that one perfect (laughs) nailed it nailed it it's very good if we're experimenting with uh introduction sounds and songs yeah i used the alexandros technique to control the flow of my air and I uh, sat here and listened to it. Yeah. All the that was my contribution to that part. <laughs> <laughs> Crucial. Um, I was I was racking my brain trying to think of an intro uh, for this one. But uh, as it turns out, all I can think about is The Last of Us, which isn't particularly funny. No. No. It's, just a, <laughs> it's a lot of sadness. It's a Not lot a lot of comedy gold in that in that game, and that's all I've been playing. So it's no. it's just in my in my mind, in my body. Yeah, it's just, it's like crushing up sadness and mm-hmm. despair and snorting mm-hmm. it up your nose. Yeah, it's what the world needed right now was <laughs> The Last of Us 2. It came out at the perfect time. I think it was, I think it's a good lesson in things could be worse, right? We haven't hit bottom yet. <laughs> haven't hit bottom yet. Don't worry, guys. Look at this. Doesn't this make you feel better? America 2020. We haven't Doesn't hit it bottom good yet. over here? Oh my God! <laughs> Not a lot of goofs. Uh, however, we're gonna we're gonna get some goofs here. There's gonna be a laugh or two. I hope. I That's pray. That's the plan. That's or the plan. Or we're gonna cancel a podcast. If I don't get one laugh out of the audience member, Garen, uh, it's, it might be Garen. But if I don't get a, a laugh out of this person, episode twenty will be our final episode. So is this a hypothetical person or a real person you're thinking about? Who is this person? Well, you see, I always have a, uh, a a chair in the studio here to represent the audience, and I'm talking oh. to them. So it's it's you. Uh, no, it's it's a different chair. It's an empty chair. But you fill that chair with your own psyche, because there's no with one my, else in the with room. The with the projection of with my astral projection of the audience, yeah. Very very interesting, Chase. Very interesting thoughts this session. It's what makes our podcast so good. <laughs> So good. I watched Joker over the weekend, and that reminds me of that movie. I didn't see this one. It's on HBO right now. You should give it a look. Also, something you probably shouldn't watch right after playing The Last of Us, though. Yeah, I'm going to need to play like 10 hours of Animal Crossing. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to run through. I'm going to speed run Katamari Damacy, every one of them. So is... is, is, Animal Crossing, pretty much just like video game Narcan. Kind of. It does kind of chill you out. So I do have to like get get a bunch of that to sort of revive myself from okay. the the Last of Us induced sad pit. Sad and for me heart palpitations because it's just so yeah, yeah, tense the whole time. Yeah. Hey, let's say the name of our podcast. It's Video Game Podtimism. It is the Optimists video game variety show where two best friends just uh 
wait, what's the rest of it? Two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. <laughs> God damn. Just stumbling through this one. You couldn't you couldn't say the the real name of the podcast under the tagline because you're just filled with such sadness from The Last of Us. Welcome to Video Game Last of Us Two. It's the post apocalyptic <laughs> podcast about video games specifically and only The Last of Us Two. I'm your host, Ellie. And I'm your host, uh Mr. Clicker. Mr. Clicker man. Uh good morning to you. Good morning to you as well, sir. You speak very good English for having like a, a mushroom for a throat. Yeah, you know, most of my compatriots they they do that just for the scares. We oh, actually sure. are very fluent and verbose. We're very deep yeah. intellectuals. Yeah. And you should feel really bad about killing us because we're just whenever we screech out, we're just looking for a friend. I hear that, yeah. People are scared of our mushroom heads. Yeah, I mean they are quite frightening mushroom heads so is the last of us just like is it mario just like post-apocalyptic realistic version yeah that i mean that has to be the pitch right so is mario just someone who got infected with the cordyceps fungus and his (laughs) mind is just what he thinks is happening but every time he hits a brick he's just actually eating somebody Mm -hmm. yes all video games are awful (laughs) (laughs) it's a me body horror body body horror yeah, that's that's a lot that's of him. it in there. That's him. Okay, so other than the obvious one, uh, have you been playing any video games, David? It's only been The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, that's pretty much it, huh? Quite literally, it's that's. I just can't. I can't take myself away from it. It's like, it's just hitting myself is is fun at this point. It is a little weird that it's it's not a particularly easy game to play, but I do keep doing it to myself. The gameplay is just so good, I yeah. think is what it is. Like, it's yeah. really, really tight gameplay. And we'll get to this. This is pretty much our show today. It's just going to be The Last of yeah, Us 2. I've just, I've just been playing The Last of Us Part 2. That's I, I spent my whole weekend playing it when I wasn't doing, like, errands or, or working out. Yeah. I come home and I play it after work. It's definitely one of those games. I remember doing this with, like, Horizon and uh, God of War and stuff like that. It was like, that's kind of really all I can manage to do. It's true. Although one day... I know, you know, I, I lied. I have played one of the games, and it's Star Wars Battlefront 2. I came yeah. home, at like, usually around Thursday. I'm just, like, really spent from the week. Uh-huh. So I came home on Thursday, and I was just like, I'm just... I don't have enough energy to play The Last of Us Part 2. I will probably just, like, fall asleep from sheer just adrenaline overload if i play this Intensity. game right now yeah so i played star wars battlefront 2 and man <laughs> nice calming intense fighting video game but not even like going from that game from last of us part 2 to star wars battlefront 2 it's a like cartoonish it's like it's just a symphony of just farts comparison wise it's just so base and i'm just like I, I, I can't I can't feel super good playing it anymore because <laughs> I just notice how inferior it is and how wow bad the story is in comparison yeah. to Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I guess if you're comparing the way the story is being told, it's certainly not as good. It's so it's so inferior. It's still fun, which is the yeah. weird thing. It's still fun, but in comparison to this game, it's just completely in a different league. It's in like it's like the majors versus like single a yeah it's it's a pretty it's a pretty intense difference but yep that's the only other game i played 
Sweet. I also have been pretty enamored with uh, getting through The Last of Us, mostly because like <clears throat> it's it's an interesting story and I'm enjoying it so far. The gameplay also feels pretty good, but um, I'm also just kind of seeing, trying to see how this thing wraps. Like I'm getting farther along in the game, and I really don't want to run into some Twitter spoiler about how something turns out. So I'm avoiding the internet. Yeah, it's so it's hard. hard to do. It's hard yeah. to do. Um, so I've mostly been playing that. The only other game that I've uh, dipped my toes into recently, though, is this uh, game called Fatum B- Batula, I think. Fatum Batula. Yeah, F-A-T-U-M uh, B-E-T-U-L-A. What is this? So this is like a uh, indie game. I think it's made by one dude. Um, uh-huh. Bryce Butcher, I think is his name. It It's kind of hard to explain. It's it. Imagine if you got a disc in the mail that had like random scribblings on it and it's like hey here's a game for playstation one play it and it's like a creepy pasta game creepy pasta game for playstation one yeah like just this because it so the game itself is very low poly and like Uh looks like a playstation one game Uh it's just like kind of terrifying like unsettling in a deep way why why is it like this why is why is it unsettling what about it is unsettling the tone of it is spooky for sure. Uh-huh. Music is very spooky. It's just got like horror elements. Like the very beginning of the game, the way you start it is like you walk into this room and there's this little tree that's kind of hovering above the uh, the ground and like the water's kind of coming up on the walls and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, like you see the roots coming down and uh, there's like this note. The only thing you have in your inventory is this note about like a story of this woman who like stares into like the abyss and like this monstrous creature comes out of it. And so that's like, you really don't have a lot of things to do other than read the note. And then there's like a hallway that you can look down. That's just completely blank. And so you do that for a while, like maybe, you know, five seconds or something. And that triggers this like creature to come out of the darkness of like this, uh, like circle looking thing with two eyes on either side of it and teeth going down the middle. What? And it comes shit? out and like tells you how to play the game essentially of like, you have to water the tree, go and collect some kind of liquid and then give it to the tree okay so now my question for you yeah do you hate yourself why are you why are you (laughs) playing this while you're also playing the last of us why would you do this to yourself it's a very different kind of scary than the last of us is like last of us is like kind of depressing on a human level but this game is like so for example what there's a bunch of endings in this game and uh, one of the endings you get is like you can go and uh, fill up your little vial with oil and give that to the um, the tree. And then like just this ending comes up out of nowhere and it's like talking about like parasites and shit like that. Uh-huh. And there's just like these long, like this long like monologue about it. And then it just ends with like this almost like found footage looking stuff of like the grass and like a dead tree and shit like that. And it's just Whoa. terrifying. Okay. And so it, it feels, it feels like a creepy pasta, like all those old, uh, text chains or chat walls of text that you would find on like 4chan back in like 2010 or something like that. Yeah. It's like, I had this ghost in my closet or something. Mm-hmm. Got a little, uh, what's the dude who wrote fucking call Cthulhu Lovecraft. Um, it's a little Lovecraftian just in the sense that like, there's all these very unknown spooky things that like don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty cool. Cool. Uh, pretty cool. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's pretty good. Ghoulish. That's good. So it's a different kind of scary to me. Hmm. And like a kind that I kind of enjoy, like in a weird way. I'm trying to think of something else that's like this. And it's hard to come up with just because it's so strange. Is this like calming for you between playing The Last of Us? Is this... A little bit. It's just like such a different experience that I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It reminds me of some Jinjo Ito shit where like 
it's very confusing and the world kind of doesn't make sense and there's all this stuff going on it's just like frightening on a like a lizard brain level where like the walls don't make any sense anymore and shit like that okay gotcha it's good stuff i've enjoyed it it like it's not a very long game like you can beat most of it and see a bunch of endings in under like an hour or two and uh it reminds me a lot of like the like prototype games that i would see in school and shit like that where like Mm -hmm. somebody has an idea and they just like execute on it really quickly um but definitely one of the better ones of those where it like it it definitely seems thought out and this person has like polished it Mm -hmm. um so it's it yeah it's enjoyable for an indie game for sure also the guy's like 19 i think so whoa yeah good for him yeah good for you bryce go bryce go bryce um yeah it just it feels like a very cursed video game which is fun yeah there you go it's an interesting concept for these sort of video games that like conceptually you could build some lore just about the video game itself you know like you could build hype around it saying like hey i found this or something like that right like Mm -hmm. build build some terror around it like the the blair witch or something like that where the marketing was very much like we found all this stuff um nobody knows who made it blah 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 i found this disc in the woods and i put it in my computer exactly Mm mm-hmm and it definitely like addresses the audience a couple times in like frightening ways. So that's that's pretty cool. That's spooky. Yeah, I liked it. You're playing some intense games right now, man. Yeah, I am. This again, I don't know why this one wasn't it didn't really mess with me very much. I think it was just so different that cuz you were just so numb from The Last of Us. You're just kind like of. nothing can affect me anymore. <laughs> so, that'll uh bring me up to the podmistic thing that I have this week. Let's hear it. It is the wide array of video games that are available at any given time. There's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. And I like that there's like indie games like Fatum Patula that like just kind of come out of nowhere for me. This has happened. I feel like a couple times this year where I'm just like, oh, what's this thing? And then uh, it's like a cool experience that I hadn't ever heard of before up until that very point. So there's just a lot of shit happening like that pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. I definitely try to like stay on top of like major game releases. And that was, I feel like a lot easier, even like 10 years ago, like you kind of knew what was coming out at any given time, totally. but there are just so many people who have access to like game development kits, which is a good thing mm-hmm. because a lot of weird ideas can be expressed like this one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like this has been happening fairly recently for me of like, oh, I didn't know about this game. Like the this one, um, uh, Monster Train came out of nowhere. That was the one that looked like Slay the Spire kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Haven was another one that was just kind of came out of nowhere for me. World of Horror that came out earlier in the year. So yeah, it's I, I liked I like how many video games there are. It's very cool. It feels a little punk rocky in the sense that like mm. anybody can do this if you just kind of put your mind to it. It's, yeah a lot harder than playing three chords over and over again but like still <laughs> punk rock on blast yeah kind of <laughs> cool you got anything this week i do my optimistic thing of this week is a good bow mm. a good bow. i've got a feeling i know why yeah so this is in trailers from before the camera's released so it's not a spoiler <laughs> but in last of us part two you get a bow and it feels real good and i just love bows in video games they i have. feel like i feel like they they got really good in like skyrim mm-hmm. skyrim on they've all felt really good before then they always felt pretty bad i felt they didn't yeah. they didn't they just didn't translate well but for some reason skyrim just opened up the secret sauce <laughs> and just laid it on the video game and ever since then like every single game with a bow and arrow has just felt real good like skyrim tomb raider 
Horizon, Horizon now The Last the of Us. Now. Yeah, they're all all really good bow play. I think Far Cry has a pretty good bow as well. Far Cry does too. Yeah, I totally forgot that one. That's an excellent bow. Mm-hmm. So it's just something. I, it feels primal. That's yeah. what I like about it. There's, I, I think you're right that like there's something in Skyrim that they got right about like how long it takes to like lock the bow in place or the arrow in place and exactly. how long it takes to draw and how fast it comes out if you draw it all the way back and then the sound of it hitting other people mm-hmm. and shit. I don't know. And there's using the controller's vibration to kind of give you those mm-hmm. cues to let you know like, okay, you're at max capacity, time to let it go. Just, yeah. It also like, I think physically makes sense for the triggers, right? Like. Mm-hmm. L or L2 to hold it up, R2 to draw the bow. And like in every game <clears throat> that I've played with a bow in recent memory, there's always that like combination of, oh, I don't want to shoot the bow. I'm gonna let off the I'm hold gonna let go of L2. It just sort of drops the bow I'm down. I'm done. It always works. Yep. <laughs> like it feels natural. It does. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. Cause it's like L2 left hand is what I'm gonna be holding the bow with. I'm gonna be pulling back with my right. Yeah. So just it translates very well, and I'm glad yeah. that programmers, video game programmers, have figured out how to make that feel good. It's true, because like even in uh, in Ocarina of Time, I don't know if you remember this, but when you use the bow, it's like you press the button, and Link just like machine gun rockets his arm back, and it immediately pulls it to full strength, and you mm-hmm. let go, and it just like a bullet shoots out of him. Yep, doesn't feel as good. That no. does not. That does not feel as good. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah, for a long time, bows were like, eh, whatever in video games. But Skyrim, Skyrim opened up the door to bows, baby. I think, I can't remember who introduced the idea that bows are silent kills too. But that like, it carries through in every video game. And that's always my weapon of choice. Like, I don't want to go in loud, but I do want to be able to hit you from a little ways away. It's the only gun, it's the only weapon I've upgraded fully in Last of Us at this point. Oh, dang. Is the bow. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Cool. Uh, well, with that, let us move on to our next and probably only thing. Here we go. Spoiler it's alert. Last, it's the last segment of us. The last segment. I don't think we have really a name for this part of the show we haven't done a game this new yet call it a spoiler spoiler don't listen if you haven't played the game segment we will probably talk about one spoily in the last of us 2 that if you're a clever young person you can probably figure it out what happens uh but it does happen within the spoiler chase it happens within the first couple hours of the game and it is nearly impossible to talk about the rest of the game without talking about it so uh it also got didn't got didn't get leaked online that's, i'm pretty sure that it got leaked world. online so yeah just be forewarned if you don't want anything to do with it uh just skip to the last part where we tell you to review our show but uh <laughs> that's it that's it uh, but yeah, I, I think we'll probably talk about that and then refrain from everything else. I'd assume. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about the last of us too. This is a pretty fresh game. I, I will attempt to keep it optimistic, but I think there's also like some interesting things to go over that are not necessarily optimistic, but I think that we'll try and keep the tone that way. Sure. Sounds good. Just on first glance, what are your like kind of high level opinions of the game? What, like, where are you at with it right now? What are my high-level opinions of the game? Yeah, just like from from a, a bird's-eye view, how do you think about The Last of Us 2 right now? I think it's excellent. Yeah. I think it's probably the most 
tense and intense game I might have ever played. Yeah. That uh, that that's not a multiplayer game, right? Because there's a there's a different level of intensity that happens when you play a multiplayer game. But as far yeah. as single player experiences go, this is probably the most tense. Grabs you by the throat and doesn't let go for yeah. long segments of the game, and it just mm. keeps on hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and hitting you with different crazy moments that require just all of your attention and just suck you in yeah just really really good really good game yeah excellent so far i'd say Mm -hmm. yeah what about you um i think i it's it's really hard for me to talk about like in a uh in a concise way because the the gameplay itself i think is like very very fine-tuned and plays really well mm-hmm. like it it feels it feels good to shoot the game also really hammers home that you should feel bad for killing and shooting and so it sure does it like doesn't make me feel good to play it all the time um, no when i when i first killed a member of the of the wlf the wolves yeah and i'm sneaking around and i kill them and I like shoot them with like a silence gun or something and their friend sees them dead and they say like, oh my God, Evie. And like yeah. everybody has a name and their friends will yell yeah. like, oh God, no. It's so, it's brutal. It feels pretty bad. Yeah. feels feels really bad. Yeah. So like, I, I think we'll get into this in a little bit, but like the experience of playing like the whole experience of the game is is hard to digest um and i think that's on purpose like mm-hmm. they're they're trying to make you feel a certain way and i don't know that i love the way it makes me feel but i still keep playing it so like i i think there's yeah there's just a difference in my moment to moment feeling of this game feels good and when i stop playing it i'm always like god this shit kind of bums me out a little bit mm-hmm so I had like a bunch of notes about this game and I, <clears throat> I think before we kind of get a little bit farther into it, there's a couple of things I wanted to highlight because it, it's probably not going to make a lot of sense unless we talk about it. Mm-hmm. First of all, you should go read uh, Chris Plant's article on Polygon about like The Last of Us and uh, Ludo Narrative Dissonance because it uh, is, lays it out incredibly well. So, but barring that, I'm going to try and summarize it to the best of my ability. Okay. Essentially, he talks about the origins of that phrase. We had talked about it a little bit on an episode a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. And uh, ludonarrative dissonance essentially refers to the tension between the game of what like the game is doing, like what happens when you press square or a trigger or an analog stick and the story that that uh, game is telling you, right? This was a, a term coined by Clint Hawking back in 2007, and he was uh, critiquing Bioshock at the time because Bioshock had all, like, it was definitely telling a story and a story that was, like, pretty fresh for games, but it was also telling it through shooting. And so, like, there was this kind of, like, uh, grinding tension on, like, the story it was telling and also the uh, the gameplay that it presented. Mm-hmm. Clint at the time even mentioned, like in the article, you can still go find it. It's it's an interesting read, especially given that it was written 13 years ago. He had made the distinction between a review of a game and a critique of a game. Like a review being like, you know, I'm going to give this game a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of of 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But a critique is more of like what 
what is the game telling me and how is it telling it to me? And he made the distinction that like you can have both, right? Like he had, he had mentioned, I would give uh, Bioshock like a glowing review, but my critique of it's going to be a little bit harsher. Hmm. And so I think since then, a bunch of publications and reviewers kind of took that ball and ran with it, especially then, like especially in 2007, because like that was shortly after like uh, the Call of Duty uh, series was like blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just a, a bunch of shooters at the time, and that was kind of all there was. And so a lot of people were talking about this phrase of ludonarrative dissonance, um, especially with like uh, Chris Plant highlights the Uncharted series of like the first thing that happens in Uncharted is that uh, Nathan Drake is like, hey, um, we're going to go explore and look for treasures. Oh, there's dudes coming. Uh, You know what I'm going to do? I'm a happy, happy, lovable guy. I am going to kill about 20 people right now, though. (laughs) That is the thing that's going to happen. He really does. Yeah. And that happens all throughout Uncharted, right? Like he he gets really sad when somebody he cares about, you know, dies or he loses or something like that, but also walks away from that and kills another hundred men. Like sure. there there is tension between those two things. Is if you're like viewing the whole experience rather than just the game, right? Totally. And I think a lot of people are conditioned to to not do that, especially if you kind of, I feel like grew up when we did, it's very easy to just take the game as like, well, here's the story part of the game, the cutscenes, and here's the game part of the game where I actually go and shoot dudes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they talk about that. Chris had mentioned that, uh, there's like that this phrase essentially almost got like used to death. It's, it became like pop science kind of, mm-hmm. of like everybody and their mom was talking about ludonarrative dissonance and the, the phrase itself kind of lost a lot of meaning meaning in the sense in the same way that like people will take a myers-briggs test and be like oh that's why i feel bad when uh mercury is in retrograde or something like that i don't know if that's what myers-briggs talks about but sure myers-briggs does not it's the application of it right like it's the people who say you know yeah uh oh i was being mean to you earlier because i am an infj or something Mm -hmm. it's it it sort of I'm sure started as an academic sort of thing, but then uh, quickly got applied in a bunch of yeah, weird ways. Yeah, it became something else. Yeah, in, in a similar way that this also did. Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, uh, shortly, or not shortly, but you know, about five years after, you started seeing a bunch of games like uh, Dear Esther, Gone Home, um, what people would maybe call like walking simulators or something like that, mm-hmm. where they put more of an emphasis on the story and essentially took out the shooting. Right. Like a lot of those games are uh, exploratory and like they focus way more on story. Mm-hmm. And uh, even something like Braid that came out like a year after Clint wrote that article, it's, it, the, you know, you're jumping on heads like Mario and stuff like that. But the, uh, the mechanics are much more tied to the story of the game. Uh, so, as a long winded way of saying, uh, this, it's sort of an interesting comparison to start drawing with The Last of Us 2 because whereas, Uncharted sort of feels like one end of the ludonarrative dissonance spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're going to have interesting story that is very disconnected from uh, the gameplay. Last of Us 2 is like, we're going to put these things right in alignment. We're going to keep all the killing and all the murdering, and we're going to make the story about that, mm-hmm. that like the effects that that takes, and we're going to make you feel pretty fucking bad for doing that. Yep. And so it's like, I think Chris... Uh, had even mentioned this in his article that like the the attempted alignment of that is kind of a painful experience especially when you like look at it in this way of that that they're intentionally trying to like 
make you feel a certain way given given the context of the gameplay yeah i'd say it definitely strives to make you feel feel bad about it but i do still feel that the gameplay and the story are somewhat different Mm -hmm. i guess the story is what gives everything else context definitely yeah um all the killing and everything but it's just it's it's i guess it it it, sh- it shows that it is just a revenge story and how dark people can get yeah i, I that's definitely true and i i think that's them trying to align their story to the gameplay right like mm-hmm. them trying to bring you know we we already know how to shoot a bunch of people um, let's let's make a story about that mm-hmm. and see how that goes. And I, I like I do think that's a pretty interesting interesting experiment because it is pretty rare in games for the player to have to reckon with the actions you're taking in the game. Yeah, especially when it's the bare mechanics, right? I I, I think it is true that games pretty frequently will sort of gloss over whatever gameplay they actually have right like Mm -hmm. in mass effect you kill a lot of people but you're supposedly like a peace bringer right like you can be this very good guy and your 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 renegade meter never goes down when you just like kill dudes yeah so long as they're bad right yeah so like there's i think in something like uh like zelda it makes a lot more sense because the the creatures are like horrendous monsters right like Mm -hmm. they're uh Uh, These things that don't really know morality or uh, don't really, you know, have the same sort of like human standard. They're they're just like slime creatures or something. Mm -hmm. And so it it makes sense under that context for that to be the the mechanics. But for a lot of games for a while, I feel like they have kind of been ignoring uh, the actions that you're taking in the game. Sure. At the same time, though, I think that the only reason that The Last of Us is able to kind of rectify that that dissonance is because they've totally broken society in the game and what yeah, is definitely. acceptable whereas a game like uncharted still exists within a world like our own yeah and like it, i i definitely agree that it makes sense in the last of us too like mm-hmm. the violence makes sense i think it's just I, I don't love the way it makes me feel no and i think i, I would agree that that's the point yeah right? definitely but at the same time i think there is a difference between the gameplay being entertaining and still the story being engaging and then making you think about like oh why did i why did i have to do all those things i did as a character so i guess it's trying to bridge the gap between you as a person playing the game Mm -hmm. and then you as kind of doing fulfilling the role of of another being right this this fictional character right because this game isn't about fantasy fulfillment like so many games no. are. If it, yeah. if it is for you, see a therapist, yeah, please, you need to go talk to for somebody. the love of God. Yeah. Um, it's, about, it's about engaging gameplay and then telling a story that just so happens to be exceptionally dark and unforgiving in a lot of ways, right? It's like yeah. watching a really messed up movie, mm-hmm. like a dark movie, like Heart of Darkness or The Joker, where you know characters like requiem do, from a dream or some shit yeah. like that where it's just painful to watch exactly where these characters do awful awful things but it's still fascinating to kind of get a look into a realistic take on 
that dark side of humanity. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess I could see how they're trying to bridge that gap, but still at the same time, it's hard to to feel it completely because at some points you still just feel like an unstoppable machine of, of death. I think they also don't really give you any other option, right? Like even if I wanted to see the rest of the story, there's no pacifist option in this game. Like right they're forcing you down a hallway and saying like these are the dudes you have to kill don't you feel bad about killing them like well when it's when there's no other option like kind of but Mm -hmm. it's it's for superficial and probably frankly in the short term more painful reasons like i don't love hearing the the enemies like call out each other's names and stuff like that when you kill them it feels bad Mm -hmm. but i think it would be a lot more impactful if you didn't have to do this like yeah if you kind of picked and choose where you need to do it this is kind of a weird comparison but like i think undertale handles this a lot better Mm -hmm. where like you can do the game without killing anybody yeah it's hard but it's an option available to you and so when like when i played through undertale i didn't realize that that was a thing until after the first boss Mm -hmm. who's like essentially your monster mom right monster yeah and uh i felt awful for the rest of the game because i was like i think there was a way that i could have not killed her i couldn't figure it out i tried yeah it's it's in there and i got it the second time i don't remember what the solution was but it's an option available to you and so like that was really impactful because it was an experience that i had with the game rather than ellie had with the people in the game right like Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it sort of allowed me to bridge the gap and sort of walk through the fourth wall into like, I am in this game rather than, yeah. you know, Hey, you have to go control Ellie and shoot these guys. Don't you feel bad now? Yeah, exactly. That's why it doesn't make me personally feel as bad. I still feel tense and like yeah. really just on high strung when I play the game. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel bad because it feels like I'm just kind of fulfilling a already set in stone story yeah. of Ellie doing these things mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of i don't know possessing her doing them yeah like the aquarium no spoilers but something you do some you do some fucked up shit there yeah that felt awful but at the same mm-hmm. time just like that wasn't my decision i was forced to do it to have to to be able to finish the game and see the end of the story yeah right which makes the story something outside of me and outside of my control yeah. But there's really no other way to make a game like this where you're in control of the story like that without it being like an open-world, multi-branching game. Yeah, or or you give it like a couple of inflection points where you can choose whether or not to do something, right? Sure. Um, it does open up a bunch of different doors, but... But does that weaken the overall experience then? That's, that's, that's kind of the that's question, That's the right? question. I enjoy it being kind of like a novel. I, yeah, where it's I agree. Reading instead of instead of reading and feeling someone's experiences, you're mm-hmm. more in control. I don't know, still feeling and experiencing their story, but just kind of controlling them in the world instead of just reading them in the world, right? Yeah. Some of the the critiques that I would expect from somebody who's like like who really buys but not buys into but subscribes to the the idea that like ludo narrative dissonance is a bad thing would say about that is that the game sort of pulls a punch in that case like because you're just experiencing this like nearly novel or movie it sort of takes away what games can bring as like something specific to the medium right like Hmm. games are good because it allows a player choice and in so taking that away it's kind of just 
telling you a story and then saying, okay, go kill these guys and feel bad. And now we're going to tell you some more of the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, oh, uh, one of the games that Clint Hawk made, Far Cry 2, is all about these like parts of the, the game where you get to have a story that isn't necessarily programmed into the game. Emergent gameplay, I think he called it or something, where you know, you'll run into the, the, uh, the desert or something like that. And there'll be a car that shows up of these two dudes. And then like one of them will fight with another guy. And then like one of your allies will show up and try to defend you. And like, you'll try and defend yourself. Maybe you die or get close to dying. And then your ally comes up and saves you. And then you have to Mm -hmm. run away or something like that, where none of this is really programmed to the game as a story beat, but it's something that you experienced and is only yours right Mm -hmm. and so even in undertale right like you you can really choose how you want to play that game under the context of course the scale is different right like of course this is a very different game as far as like being able to program in that many options but i think i think i agree that if say the game was 10 hours long rather than like the 30 i think it is Mm -hmm. um i think they could have done that where if they were trying to tell this story about like revenge, I think they probably could have done it pretty well. And it still would have been a pretty brutal story. Right. Sure. Like the, the big spoiler of the first couple hours is that Joel gets killed immediately after that. I was also like, okay, let's go fucking get these guys. Right. Like that was my immediate thought too. And it, the game takes you down this road where it's, it's painful to do that. And I think inevitably at some point you as the player will be like i think i'm over this i think i don't want to do any more revenge Mm -hmm. but i think to your point it does make a more effective like novelization or or movie where you're kind of being taken along this track and it's Mm -hmm. an interesting one for sure like i enjoy that story it's it's interesting and different and not something that's always told um but as far as being a good representation of the medium good god that is pretentious uh (laughs) a good representation of the medium. I think it kind of pulls a punch there. Sure. We should name this segment. Guys smell their own farts about the <laughs> thoughts on video games. Good Lord. Good God. Yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not as concerned about it being a, a representation of the uniqueness of the power of video games as I am yeah. just about an entertaining, engaging story that, showcases how engaging and interactive a story can be through a video game yeah which people still there are a lot of people still don't believe that that's possible like i don't i don't personally i don't need lots of different branching pathways lots of different you know choices or options or anything like that sometimes that's overwhelming for me Mm -hmm. um and i just want i want to experience the story i want to experience good gameplay and that's about it and i think that's what naughty dog does better than everybody else right their whole entire thing for a long time has been kind of giving you that Hollywood experience of a certain type of, of story in the video game form. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, their whole philosophy is built around ludonarrative dissonance because what is more ludonarrative dissonant than a movie where the hero kills 500,000 people to save one person who he's like has a romantic relationship with. So I think that's speaking to a larger a larger shortcoming of media in general in that mm. there's always the good guy can get away with killing and doing evil so long as it's framed as he is doing it to bad people. Yeah. That's just I feel like that's just media in general. It's not unique to video games. It's just all media. I think this game is trying to poke at that idea, right? Like it's mm-hmm. trying to poke and say like maybe not though. Like yeah that's that's probably not a good thing they're trying to poke holes in it 
and show you that, yeah, revenge is bad. Going out and getting revenge for someone you love is bad because everybody has a unique story. Everybody's a star of their own film, yeah. right? Everyone's a star of their own video game made by Naughty Dog. So yeah, it is just a good a good way of making you th- become more in- invested in your actions in the game. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily bad or detrimental that it does that. Yeah, I, I think this probably comes down to how somebody interprets the value of these games sure like are you okay with being pushed down uh, a story right like are you okay with being forced down this kind of like way of thinking or this uh yeah story i think there are folks who are okay with that mm-hmm. like i i think especially i'm pretty used to this having played games all my life like mm-hmm. this is a pretty common experience right like you you play a bunch of game cuts to a cutscene that's entirely different and outside of everything that you've experienced so far and then they drop you in somewhere else and you play something else mm-hmm. and that's that's not how this game plays like there's a lot of story beats that make you feel very much a part of this world mm-hmm. but i i think i do get the critique that this is like kind of a painful experience as they try to they try to realign the story in the gameplay mm-hmm. totally i agree it's 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 hard it's hard to experience it like this and I know that like <clears throat> a lot of people kind of shit on Uncharted for that same reason, right? Of, you know, this game doesn't make any fucking sense. Like the, 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 the lore of the story doesn't make any sense when you actually examine it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same way that like Indiana Jones doesn't, right? Like yeah. it's, it's an action. It's just, just meant to be fun. It's just meant to be fun. That's it is. It. it is. But I, I think there is danger in presenting murder as fun, right? Sure. That that's, that can be sort of a, a thing that isn't always treated with, the sort of like intensity that is the reality of the world right Mm -hmm. like that's that's a hard thing to do but but this is the flip side where they've they've aligned both of them and it's still kind of a painful experience yeah the on one end you get the the deference to murder Mm -hmm. and the story is intense and painful or you get where uh, murder is treated as sort of candy that Nathan Drake does, and it, the, the story <laughs> of the game. Nathan Drake is, kills thousands of people a month and sleeps like a baby at night. Yeah, and he feels great because he's got his wife with him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just it's it's hard on either end. And so, I think I feel like this is speaking to a, a larger ill of society and humanity. Definitely, definitely, just in and general. I, yeah. I I think as folks who consume the medium, we should like hold the games to a high standard right like you want to hold them to this ideal of like you know it doesn't have to be this because there are games that don't include violence that are incredible mm-hmm. right um the outer worlds last year was so goddamn good and there was no shooting in that game outer wilds outer wilds you're right outer worlds was the shooting one they outer had a lot wilds of shooting in not, that one i was about to say <laughs> not th- not that one outer wilds was no shooting so and many also games very, very nowadays <laughs> and so like these games exist and I think like it's any of the critiques that you'll see online of people who kind of are, are down on this game, I think are coming at them from the perspective of like, there are so many talented people in Naughty Dog and the, the people who write these stories are so good and so talented and their characters are so robust and interesting. And it's not a shame, but like they're, they're making a kind of game that is, that is hard to play, makes people feel bad mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. But I, I think the critique is sort of coming down on, I don't know that I like that is mm. the usually the the feeling or I don't you know I don't think that that's what games should be or something. Yeah, no, it's just like I think on the last podcast you told me that you would shoot somebody and the dog would go over and nuzzle them and I was just like that doesn't need to be in a game. No. I still feel that way. I still feel that way. 
yeah it's need, uh, i don't ever need to see that in life it's pretty painful i could have not seen that and the game still would have hit me just as hard right? yeah yeah and i don't again i, don't I need think to... it's 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 they're making the the world feel real when people die mm-hmm. it's it's bad and it hurts and it's painful it's like it's shoving it's like grabbing you by the head and forcing you to look in the mirror and being like is this what you want with your ludo narrative dissonance is this yeah. what you want you want to go back to Nathan now, don't you? I think a lot of people are seeing that, right? Like they are saying like right now, this is a really hard game to play and it is easier to play Nathan Drake. If you can suspend your disbelief, I think yeah. that some people when they play uncharted aren't able to do that though. Mm-hmm. They aren't able to say like, okay, well he shoots the dudes. I guess it's just one of those games, right? It's pop art, right? Like uncharted mm-hmm. is pop art where it's not meant to examine itself all that hard. Mm-hmm. and i've definitely played through all the uncharted's and i've definitely enjoyed them like it's the same way that like transformers is pop art right yeah i would say uncharted's probably a little bit better than i'd uh, say transformers so. as far as medium to medium goes <laughs> but it, it's a it's an experience where you're not meant to be engaging super hard mm-hmm. like yeah. it's 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 supposed to be just a fun thing that you do mm-hmm. and 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 i definitely get that especially like coming from the academic background of like making games and shit like that like once you kind of turn that part of your brain on that is trying to figure out what the people are trying to tell you and what they're trying to tell you sometimes doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. it can be hard to ignore that it can be hard to say like i'm just gonna say fuck it right mm-hmm. it's possible and like it's it's something that you definitely have to choose to do sometimes sure okay i guess my question then is are games entertainment is that the end goal of games are they supposed to be entertaining because if they're supposed to be entertaining how can they also be telling a story and being realistic and being Mm -hmm. giving you that experience of choice and morality and everything like that like that is intrinsically not entertaining so what's what's the what where where what's the end goal for games then uh yeah i guess like the i would say that the the experience of entertainment doesn't have to come from a place of telling like a very sad story right like i found outer wilds to be a pretty entertaining experience despite the fact it wasn't glitzy and glammy right like Mm -hmm. it was the the satisfaction of the game comes from exploration and puzzle solving and kind of like your your own curiosity which is uh i think something that is pretty specific to games like Mm -hmm. curiosity and puzzle solving and exploration specifically are like motifs that you can put in games that like pay back tenfold right Mm -hmm. when you're wandering around the world in breath of the wild it's such a satisfying experience because you have not very much telling you where to go and it's your own sort of like interest in the world that drives you forward a lot of the time sure there is a story but the the entertainment as far as i felt from that game and outer wilds too was like I'm curious what's going on in this world. I want to find out what's happening. Sure. Um, and that to me was entertaining. I think if you're putting, if you're putting the, the model that games have to have to shoot, <laughs> then it would be hard to be entertaining if that's your only option. But there are mm-hmm. games that don't do that and are still entertaining to me. Sure. I guess my counter argument is that most people don't find puzzles and exploration and curiosity entertaining breath of the wild. Sure. But there's a lot of yeah. fighting in that game too sure fair whereas the games that are selling you on puzzles curiosity Mm -hmm. exploration 
those don't sell as well and that's that's going towards broad entertainment because i feel that entertainment there is an element of shutting your brain off because Definitely. you're tired I- because you're stressed out and you want an escape so what how much how much escapism then are we going to allow for games yeah and like I, I definitely hear that and i think my my point in bringing it up was that i don't know that that should be the goal right i get why they made uncharted because mm-hmm. it is a very entertaining game and it will sell right like it's going to sell because people i think crave that here we go i'm gonna sniff a big old fart um <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready i don't know that that's what i need out of art right like that was my next question or how much do we want video games to be art as opposed to just entertainment because i don't think art and entertainment are the same thing at all personally i i kind of do i disagree i disagree you can make an entertaining movie that's also pretty artful i feel like it's going to hit different people differently definitely and i don't think people who are going to see it as art are also maybe people who see it as will see it as entertainment but people who only see it as entertainment are not going to see it as art oh sure you yeah know? no we don't need those people that's fine we don't, we don't need <laughs> no, put them in fine. the spaceship send them to the sun <laughs> no 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 we don't need that but i just like i don't care if the person who's going to it for entertainment thinks it's art that's fine i don't need that okay i see what you're saying <laughs> i see what you're saying but you can do both i think i think there's plenty of movies and plenty of books that are steeped in entertainment values but are pretty artsy and artistic and have something to say mm-hmm. so do things that are only for entertainment have no value then i wouldn't say that either okay but i think when i'm looking at the medium i want somebody to have something to say when i'm looking for a unique and new experience right mm-hmm. and and i agree right like i play fucking slay the spire every night there's nothing being said in that game. It's just the <laughs> gameplay is fun for me. <laughs> Ding boy. It's uh I think when when you're when you're putting out this game that PlayStation's like this is our biggest fucking game of the year. It's one of the best ones. I thought I still think Last of Us 1 is one of the best games. Period, right? Sure. Because it pushed the medium forward so hard with like the writing, the dialogue, like I feel like a lot of the times the writing in video games is just like, here is what I am doing. Here's what I am thinking. I'm going to speak out loud and tell other characters what I am thinking. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is such a bad offender of that. Yeah. Like they just, they don't know how to like write dialogue in the way that a lot of other mediums do, but this one does. And Last of Us 1, 2, or Last of Us 1 also (laughs) does that where uh they'll somebody will say something and you kind of have to read into what they're saying right like they don't tell you everything and they kind of trust the audience to understand what's happening in that interaction that Mm -hmm. doesn't happen very often and so there's a lot of value there and so when when coming from that first one that i liked quite a bit in the way that they told story and there's clearly so many talented people working on it i was like excited to see what they had to say on this one mm-hmm. i guess i wasn't coming into it with the idea that this game is pop art sure that they're going to try and tell a pretty compelling story and have something kind of groundbreaking to say i feel like they made that pretty clear with the the marketing and everything like that yeah and that's that's not to say this game doesn't do that i think it does but i think it does it in a way that's hard to experience and i i really wouldn't want all games to do this mm-hmm. and it's really just like shoving your face in the dirt yeah yeah in 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 the same way that like apocalypse now is not a very fun movie to watch towards the end right yeah it's it's, it's painful it's, it's a painful movie and 
it's it's not something that's easy to experience but mm-hmm. again with movies it's like we're going to show you some stuff yeah versus games are could could be you're going to experience some mm-hmm. stuff but sometimes that stuff's good for you like why do we eat bitter things why do we eat sour things right yeah. there is some pleasure in there yeah and i i think that's probably on purpose like the the game later at some point mentions that pretty explicitly mm-hmm. of like you know you're at your best when you're scared and uh fearful and all this sort of shit and like i think they are that naughty dog is trying to explore that space um mm-hmm. but i think it's it's just it's hard to play man like i i want these people who are so talented at making it to maybe have a little bit of a a brighter take i don't think they expected 2020 to happen Nobody did. Nobody did. Nobody did. Yeah, I, I, I still like this game very much. I like mm-hmm. this game a lot. Um, I think when critiquing it, though, it just sort of brings up a bunch of other questions that I kind of have I, I've struggled to answer so far. Sure. No, I hear you. Those good points. I would love to gush about this game for just a second, just so we can like end, end on some podtimistic notes. Sure, let's hear it. The story and like the personal interactions between people in the game is just so fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like the interactions between Ellie and Dina are like genuinely moving for me. Did you get into the guitar store with Ellie and oh, Dina? Yeah. I explored and- everything. I was it's, half of the game is fighting people and then the other half is scavenging and I am a scavenger extraordinaire. Yeah, I also enjoyed this part of the game. I quite a bit like just rooting around especially i haven't even mentioned this yet but like i live in seattle so so many of these sites are like oh shit that's where that is Mm -hmm. or they tried to make this look like that or something how long until there's a rustin coffee pop-up at a starbucks i mean sort of right like they have coffee shops (laughs) it's it's wild Um, no they have rustin rustin coffee and mm -hmm. it's the same font as starbucks it's it's definitely wild so like exploring the city as somebody who lives here is a pretty unique experience so Mm I really enjoy that they tried to make the the game model Seattle pretty well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's fascinating wandering around in there. Sometimes a huge bummer because like I haven't seen downtown in a couple of months. So I'm like, <laughs> it could be this, this way. This could be as fucked as it is down there right now. Yeah, so that's really good. The exploring is great. Uh, to the point before uh, when Ellie plays uh, Take Me On by AHA for Take Dina. That got me, bro. That got me. Yeah, I'm definitely learning some of these songs on guitar right now. Yeah, absolutely. And when she starts playing, when she starts playing that song that Joel sang for her, and then stopped mm-hmm. after like the first verse, just can't go Torture. on anymore. It's brutal. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, that, I think that's all really good. The fucking guitar simulator mm-hmm. out of nowhere, like that's one of the best parts of the game. It's pretty good. It's pretty. It's good. pretty good. Each part of the of the sense to, of the touchpad does a different string. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Impressive. I've seen a bunch of people like finger picking on the the front of the PlayStation really? PlayStation control. Yeah, like it's obscene. People That's are covering wild. songs in Last of Us too. It's so it's so interesting. That's wild. It also looks phenomenal, just graphically. Oh, it's amazing graphics. Yeah, Naughty Dog has mocap down. Oh, they kill especially it. like facial interactions and shit like that is just crazy. Their facial expressions are great. Yeah, so good. And the gameplay is real good. Gameplay real good. Shoot and feel good. Craft and feel good. Mm-hmm. I've Upgrading nev- gun, feel good. Right. And I've never felt more conflicted, I think, about any character as I have about Joel. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's a testament to the writing and uh, how they present him and all that yeah. sort of shit. It's just like, I was sad when he died, but I'm also like, he kind of fucking deserved it at the same he time. He really fucked it up. <laughs> like, he really fucked up. 
in the in the first one spoilers for the the first last of us but the the main conflict of the game is joel takes ellie to maybe develop a cure they say actually ellie's got to die if that's going to be the case and joel's like actually fuck all this i'm gonna kill all who you buy and then takes her out Mm -hmm. dude that's a pretty shitty move yeah but i think it's a testament to how interesting his character is that you understand where he's coming from it's just like you can't have another daughter die he just can't do it he can't do it he would have to die too he'd rather die than have her die that's what it is it's crazy and like the the yeah the the way they got there in the story i got it right like i Mm -hmm. understood that and and definitely felt it when it was there of like Oh, I don't know if I can handle that again. Because that's that's the first fucking thing that happens in the game is his daughter gets killed. It happens it happens within the first forty five minutes, just it's enough time up. for it to be so so painful, but not to really overstay its welcome as far as the intro goes. Yeah. Like the whole game is steeped in that experience. Mm-hmm. So good God, yeah. It's like by the time you get to the end, you're like, "Yep, I, I get it. Probably not the best decision, but I get it." Mm-hmm. But from the outside looking in, and especially with like the hindsight of like, here's a new game, you're playing mostly as Ellie, Joel kind of feels like this removed person now, like you're not playing as him. So the the story is a little bit out there. It, it, it breeds a certain amount of like distance. And so you're like, eh, well, mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. No, he, he fucked up. You get it, and he was still good to Ellie. That's the thing. That part of the story, I think, is probably the strongest in this one of, like, what what makes somebody good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think they yeah. they hit the nail pretty hard on that one. I'd say it's it's the, it comes down on nobody's really good. Everybody Definitely. shades Definitely. That's the take they're, they're doing, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I like about it. That's what I kind of see life as, right? That's why I like things like Game of Thrones or one of my favorite movies is Children of Men. Like I love all that mm-hmm. kind of morally gray areas where it's like that person did something really awful, but they're also a really great person in all these other ways. I think it's just really interesting and real, yeah. really human, really human in that we're capable of awful things, but capable yeah. of really good things at the same time. True. It's real shit. Um, so yeah, I think... They uh, they do a pretty good job with that part of the story. There's other other parts of it that I think are handled a little bit less well, but mm-hmm. I think they they nail that one pretty pretty good. The characters are good, man. I, I think they whoever does the work on that is just they need a raise. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels like a pretty real person. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's fleshed out well. Yeah, very even, interesting. You know, fucking side characters and shit. Even even the bad guys that you have to shoot real good. They all have feels bad, man. They're all people. <laughs> feels yeah. feels bad man um yeah so i don't i don't know that we de- necessarily need to have a follow-up on this when like spoilers are around and abu- and uh, abundant because mm-hmm. i'm sure there will be plenty of recaps of that on other pods and shit but figured we'd give give the pod to mystic take on this one we're doing it got academia abound bro <laughs> smelling wake up Chase, and smell the farts Chase is smelling farts over here <laughs> do you have anything else you need to say about the last of us too i've talked enough about this game now Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So, we haven't asked it in a little while, but we do have a handful of new listeners, and so I figured I'd throw it out again. Give that show a review on iTunes if you got a chance. Helps us out a lot. 
Yeah. So you can Helps. you can give us a five star and say they smell the best farts. We'll take it as long as you get the five stars. The stink of their farts is just so good. So good. Or at least it's sent they sound like they enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they seem like they really enjoy their own farts. So good for them. <laughs> good for them. We'll not listen again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it helps us out a lot, so please do that. Mm-hmm. We have a Twitter, but, you know, fuck it. But fuck, fuck that it. Twitter. Fuck Twitter? We're episode 20 now, What does David. that mean? We ain't, we don't need Twitter anymore. We're, we're beyond Twitter at this point? Yeah, we're, we're a Facebook-only podcast now. Do we have a Facebook? No. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't think we did. No, we do not. Maybe we just need an Instagram. I'm gonna start a video game pod to miss MySpace, and I will put all of our newest followers on our top eight what about a video game pod to miss tiktok yeah i am gonna have to learn to shake my ass if we do have that though which i think i'm a little old to be shaking it on tiktok there's but plenty of millennials on tiktok chase you would be surprised there is not a ton of dude like millennials making content out there they're there they're out there yeah most of them most of them make content about being fucking old on TikTok. There's a lot of that on there. Yeah, that feels bad. You know? Oh well. Feels bad. It's it there was a turn recently of Gen Z got whiff of some millennial weakness and just started bouncing on it. I was like, "Oh, this feels horrible. I don't want to be here anymore." <laughs> Mom, come pick me up. Gen Z's making fun of me. We're not we're not the young generation on the block anymore. At least we have apartments and aren't just leashing off of our parents still Gen Z on blast. We can't do this, David. We can't do this. We got to be better. <laughs> what are we going to do? We're adults now. They can they can have their moment where they shit on the generation above them. It's our turn to take <sighs> the shit. So can't we all just shit on the baby boomers, though? Come on, guys. I think that is still on the menu. I think that is a regularly that scheduled cry, program. That unifying rallying point for all of us, <laughs> please. I think so. Okay, good. We we just we got to be able to take take the lumps from Gen Z while they're growing up, and then we'll be chill after that. That's they're true. pissed off about us being random weirdos who grew up in a weird time. They're just pissed off because they're teenagers. That's okay. That's really what it we're comes not down anymore. To. We I don't know. have to be pissed That's off about fine. being teenagers anymore. They can do what they do. Take their parents' minivan to the to the homecoming dance. That's fine. That's fine. Gen well, Z. not this year. Sorry, guys. Oh yeah, the Corona dance got canceled. Sorry. We're we're here for you, Gen Z. I, I'll I'll get made fun of. It doesn't feel great. We're but. here for you. Just just do do your thing. We'll do ours. Or we'll be separate. We still love you. We still love you. Let me give you some life lessons from somebody who's lived through these video games already. Mm-hmm. We don't need to make fun of what other some somebody else buys. What console they buy? We don't need to do that. Yeah, we've we've been through this one. It's, we got to do this again. Doesn't make any sense. Why? Who cares? Buy what you Five want. Five years buy. down the road, everybody will either have what they want or don't, and it's chill. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, League of Legends is for babies, though. <laughs> still, still for babies. It's still for can babies. Can we check? Can we check the? Can we check the clock? Is League of Legends still for babies? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. Pulling it up. Yep, actually, still for babies. Still, still I did for babies. Got confirmation on that one. Who? Who are? What? Is the baby generation right now? Is that Generation Alpha or something? Uh, you mean people who are like ten years old right now? Yeah, let's say birth ten. Those are Generation Lol. Gener pun punished generation. Punished. Big generation. Big, big. Solidus generation. 
which what which one is it i think it's punished gen is what it's gonna be punish gen mm. yeah okay well in a lot of ways the new generation are the children of millennials so mm. could they be punished millennials darth millennial darth millennials jesus <laughs> My parents tried to stop climate change, but the boomers stopped them. Now I gotta deal with the consequences. It's cursed millennials. Cursed millennials. Oh, God. Oh, it's so sad. Trillennials? Double millennials? Extra millennials? No, none of those were good. Baby boobers. Baby boobers? Do you hear yourself? (laughs) We're doing outro quality content right now. I need to hear some gaming wisdom before we get there. The grandbaby boomers, because mm. if we're the children of the baby boomers, then our children would be the baby boomers' grandchildren, right? Neo, neo baby boomers. Neo, <laughs> neo baby boomers. <laughs> neo boomers. Neo boomers. <laughs> That's kind of a powerful phrase. It is a little scary. David, I need I need gaming wisdom to make me to take me out of this Last of Us two pit. Oh, I'm in the darkness. Here, hold on. I'll, I'll I'll ring a bell to get you out, please. Ghost of Tsushima is coming out like next month. I bet that game's gonna be fucking cool. I'm ready for it. Or is the Ludo narrative dissonance gonna be too much for you, Chase? We'll see, bro. I mean, it's it's a it's a game about being a, a deadly ninja, so it's probably gonna be fine. Yeah, that's true. I can spit one out. I can try and spit one out. You got one. Go for it, baby. I don't, but I can try and think of one. Fine. Let's let's have a competition. Friendly competition. Who can get the video game wisdom first? Uh, friendly competition. Uh, Sonic's ass is good. That's not wisdom. That's a statement. <laughs> what do you mean that's not fucking wisdom? That's not wisdom. That's an opinion piece. That's a fact, David. All right. Now you're... Sonic has a dump truck ass. Fact. You are you are sounding like our president's Twitter feed right now. <laughs> the saddest thing is i wouldn't be surprised if he tweeted something like that out sonic has a dump truck ass fact that would be one good day in 2020 if that happened happened that would be one fucking good thing Uh, uh, wouldn't make him any better but it would be one good thing my video game wisdom is more of a video game plea to humanity this week oh good 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 something to take us out of the sad pit the last of us two really didn't bring me down much farther than i already was Mm, so can we all just agree to try and make the second half of 2020 the best half of 2020 there ever was we need katamari damasi 2 right someone fucking release it because it is almost the second 20 of 2020 right now (laughs) we're almost halfway through we were in the first part the first 20 there's another one coming 2020 part one now we're in 2020 part two and hopefully it's not as dark as the last of us part two hopefully it's not about revenge i i i implore everybody to bring bring some sort of kindness into the world every day whether it's a compliment that's that's cannot be construed as harassment of any sort please Um, yeah i mean good fucking caveat a a real a real genuine compliment Mm-hmm. Um, or just a good a good yeah, act or deed of kindness of selflessness, yeah, for your fellow man or woman or mm-hmm. animal or, or person wh- or whatever you want or person exactly. Um, 
just just try and do some good. That's my that's my video game plea to humanity for the week. Fair. All right, let's let's model it first. <clears throat> Genuine compliment. Uh, Sonic, your dump truck ass today is looking fantastic. That is an example of a, of a bad compliment, actually, Chase. Okay, let me try again. Sonic, the vibe that you are uh, producing today makes me feel very good. Thank you for bringing your A game. That's much better. Much better. It was because of his dump truck ass, though. You can have that internal feeling. Okay. That's that's okay. I will not tell him. Reckon with it. Talk to your therapist about it. Well, right. Maybe maybe look deep into your soul about why yeah. that exactly is what gave you that vibe. But providing a compliment to someone else is always welcome. Okay. Uh, so there's that good deed. Yes. Um, go for it. Uh, Sonic, may I carry your left cheek? It, it seems gigantic and must be tiring for you to carry around. That's that's harassment. That's that's harassment. Okay. Yeah. Sonic, can I collect the power emeralds today for you? That seems like a lot for you on your plate. I bet it would be cool if I could collect the chaos emeralds instead mm. and then bring them back to you so you can go supersonic. Yeah, she's like, Sonic, I know you're tired from fighting Dr. Robotnik. Or Eggman. Dr. Eggman. I'm not Robotnik gamer, is definitely his name, though. Okay, okay, good. And so I was just wondering if you want me to grab a couple of coins for you on my way to work today. I just caught you. Gamer card revoked. What happened? Sonic doesn't have coins. He has oh, rings. rings. Oh, I mean... God. What, what, is, what is a Sonic ring except a, a gold coin with the center taken out? You some can bullshit. try and defend it. Some the whole world don't I hurt it. I will defend it. <laughs> I will defend it. So then Sonic would say, David, thank you for that. I only collect gold rings, but... I understand what you're saying and that that was just an honest mistake because a ring does look like a coin just with the center taken out. So if you'd like to get me some gold rings on your way to work, I would definitely appreciate that. But if you get gold coins, please bring them to Mario. He's across the hall in room 405. That would make my second 20 so much better than the first one. <laughs> that for, We're done with that shitty first 20. Let's toss it out. The second 20 is going to be my number one 20 of 2020. I dearly hope that that is the fucking case. <laughs> if this half of 2020 was the shit, was the good one, I'm going to be fucking mad. <laughs> if we were like in December, man, you remember oh, that man. enjoyable, joyful game, The Last of Us Part 2? Oh, man, those were the days. Don't you speak this into existence. You know our no. podcast has a tendency to do that. It'll be fine. They'll put out Katamari Damacy 2. They'll put out a video of Mario uh, collecting a bunch of coins and doing a dab or something, and it'll be fine. Mario doing a dab. You know Shigeru Miyamoto. He's hip with the kids of 2016. I think we need this. I agree. We need this. So that's that's our optimistic podcast this week. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. You've been fooled into listening to a just kind of normal optimistic podcast. A normal a semi-optimistic podcast that talks about really dark and intense themes and then smells its own farts for a good 45 minutes. I love the way they smell. I guarantee it. I know you do. Okay, great. See you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.